0: I can see all your faces there on Zoom. If you're on YouTube, a hello to you as well. Thanks for waving back. That makes me feel a little less uh, isolated here at the Karis. We've got a room full of wonderful people here as well. who have been serving this morning. Some of you've seen, some you haven't seen uh, behind the cameras. Today, we're going to move on into Ephesians 6. We're going to be looking at the armour of God. But I don't want to preach to you really this morning. And uh, some of you might be going, yay, come on, that's great news. Others of you might be like, oh, hang on. But what I want us to do is I want us to prayerfully, together, walk through this passage. Because the principle that Paul's teaching us is that out of all these things, all these bits of armour that he's asking us to put on, He wants wants us to engage in the battle in prayer and by the Word of God, by the Spirit as well. So I want us to be kind of dynamically, actively processing what we're reading as we read it, as we go through together and be asking constantly God to reveal truth to set us free where we need to be set free, to give us right beliefs about who we are in Christ, what he's done for us and what our position is in him. Because Paul's talking all about standing today. So there's no PowerPoint this morning. I'm not going to be trying the clicker. I'm not going to be doing any of that. I want us to be prayerfully engaging with the word. It's almost a bit like a quiet time together as we rest in God, as we seek him in his word. So we've got Ephesians 6 and we're at verse 10. And if you've got your Bible there, then we're just going to walk through it and we're going to be asking God at each point, okay, God, what, what are you saying to me? What do I, what do I need to understand? I've got a a favourite place that I go to pray and it's slightly affected by the seasons. It's the end of our garden um, next to a shed and with some trees behind it. And it's a little bit of a sun trap. And there I find that the wind doesn't catch me and I'm able to sit in the sun. And this morning, it was a glorious morning, absolutely beautiful. And the air was crisp and cold. But as I sat there, to pray, I felt the heat of the sun on me, but I still was aware of the cold air around me. And that's often what it's like when we walk in the kingdom of God. We feel the heat, the sun, the radiance of the living God on us, but we also feel the cool, the coldness of this world. Jesus talks about Satan as being the ruler of this world but he has overcome Satan. He said, he who's in you is greater than he who is in the world. It's like being in the sun on a cold morning. You feel the heat of the sun radiating on you. It warms your body. It's very personal. It's on you. And yet you can still feel the coolness of the air around you. And that's a bit like walking in the kingdom of God as we go about our days. Paul starts this next section in verse 10. And he says, look, in summary or finally or because of all of this, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's an amazing and clear instruction. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, not your own, but in him and in his strength. I'd like us just to stop and pray and ask Holy Spirit to come and be on us. Like the bright sun, we feel his heat. We feel his presence. It's his strength. It's his might that we walk, not in our own. Father God, by your spirit, would you come now on us all? Let us know your presence radiate your glory on us. Let us know your strength and your might in our inner being, that we may not work out of our own strength, but out of yours. Amen. Paul goes on in verse 11. He says this, "'Put on the whole armour of God, "'that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil.'" For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now that phrase, heavenly places, has already been spoken about by Paul in chapter 1. We are seated with Christ In heavenly places, Paul has started the whole epistle, the whole letter, creating the frame of reference from which we live. He's made it really clear that Jesus has authority over everything and we are seated with him in heavenly places. He's expecting the hearers of this letter when it's being read out to pick up on this connection He's expecting us not to suddenly be fearful because he's telling us that we're in a spiritual battle. He's expecting us to recognise and remember what he said already about our position in Christ and be able to stand therefore in the battle, in the warfare because it's a done deal. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But he's making the argument that it's real. It's real warfare. You see, the king of this world, Satan, has been defeated. And from Christ's resurrection to his return, it is now the kingdom expanding on the earth. And what Christ has done in us, setting us free from the kingdom of darkness and bringing us into his kingdom, the kingdom of light, is something that Satan does not want to happen. And so he wars against the church. And what Paul's saying is, don't be unaware. Be aware. But he's also saying, don't be afraid, because I've already set you up in victory. So what I want you to understand is, when you're dealing with situations, don't just discern with your eye and with your ear, but discern by the Spirit of God. Because there may well be things going on in the unseen realm that you need to deal with in prayer and by the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, rather than by just dealing with the issue as you see it in your own strength. So let's stop and pray again. Father God, would you give us your spirit of wisdom and understanding? Would you fill your people with the fullness of Christ? That we might have together the mind of Christ. That we might understand your will. We might see where and how we need to pray. That we might use the authority that you have given. That we find by being in you to see your kingdom extended. In situation after situation, be glorified in your church, Lord. Amen. It's because of this context that Paul then moves on and talks about putting on the armor of God. It's not our armor, it's not an armor of philosophy or human thinking but it's the armour of God, it's the attributes of God that we put on, it's things of his character that we wear now as new creations in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come, we are and have been renewed. And so he wants us to put on these attributes, he wants us to clothe ourselves with the things that protect us in this battle with God. As we fight with God, As we attack the enemy, as we stand firm, he wants us to be protected by his characteristics, by who he is, because he knows that if we don't have those characteristics, we're vulnerable to attack. So Paul says this, Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm." Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. This is a really big one, the belt of truth. Not only is Jesus Christ the way, the truth and the life, so he holds everything together. He is truth and we find absolute truth in him. We find out who we are in relationship to Jesus and really in no other context in the same way. But also he wants us to be girded with truth, that is to walk in truth. That is to be truthful, to not allow deception or deceit to be an open doorway, a opening in our armour for the attack of the evil one. He wants us to be truthful in relationships and with one another some of the things we've been learning about the household codes in Ephesians where Paul's been talking about how our behaviour is supposed to be. So he's saying, look, Jesus is the ultimate truth. In him, he holds everything else you might put on together. It's him. Know him intimately. Bind him to yourself so very closely. But also walk in truth and thereby That door is closed to attacks of the enemy. Let's pray. Lord, we pray with the psalmist, search me and try me and know my heart. See if there is any way within me that you want to change to the likeness of your son, that I might walk in truth. Come Holy Spirit, Set your people at liberty that they might walk in the truth of their identity in your Son, understanding who they are, understanding what you've done for us, and understanding who you are to the world. Amen. The next part that Paul looks at is the breastplate of righteousness. This is the solid armour around our most sensitive parts of our body, the area that we need protection. And of course, it's representing the righteousness of Christ, not our own. It's showing us that actually we are protected by being in Christ, that his righteousness is our identifier. It's who we are. It's what makes us us now as new creations. For we are seen by the Father through the eyes of his Son. We are in him. And so when we have these flaming arrows, when we have these darts of the evil one that try to attack us, we stand knowing that it's not because of our own righteousness, but it's because of the righteousness of Christ. And we are able to withstand Holy God, would you come and fill every single one of us with a knowledge of the righteousness of Christ being our breastplate, being our covering? Would you enable us to understand that we are cleansed, that we are healed of sin and evil thoughts and deeds, that we are new creations in Christ, And that we are covered by your righteousness. We receive again your death on the cross, Lord Jesus. The only perfection that brings us into the presence of God. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Paul goes on and starts to look at the feet and the shoes. And the shoes have cleats, have studs on the bottom so that you're able to get a grip on the ground and stand firm and steady. And it is this peace of the gospel. Not only does it bring us peace and solidity under our feet that we're no longer knocked around, we're we're no longer on uncertainty, We are on the certain ground of the goodness of Christ through God in us. We are steadfast in our position because of the peace that we now receive, this deposit of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of his presence in us as a down payment of our eternal life in God. But also now we can stand firm and bring peace to the world at large. Bring peace into situations and circumstances, both where there is a lack of peace, but also the peace of God, the reconciliation of man with God. So there is no longer enmity, there is no longer warring, but there is the opportunity for reunion. Lord God, we ask you to cause us to be ready with your gospel of peace. We ask you to come and shew your church. Set us up with a personal certainty of your grace to us in Christ. That the gospel that we receive, we know absolutely is eternal life that we might be with you forever. And position us, Lord God, with a steadfastness to bring your peace to others, to not step back, to not slide away, but where there is opportunity to bring your grace and your peace, the good news of your son, the offer of reconciliation and being united again with you. Amen. Paul moves on and talks about the shield of faith, that having been soaked, the leather soaked in water, is able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, the schemes, the rationale of the evil one. Of course, Jesus talks about Satan. He says that he's a liar. He's the father of lies. And he's been the one who's been lying from the beginning. The epistles talk about him, as does Jesus, in saying that he is the one who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And so what God is saying to us through Paul is, look, here's the shield of faith, this persuasion of the goodness and grace of God, this persuasion that God is for us and not against us, this persuasion that causes us to cry out in the spirit, Abba, Father. This persuasion that says, I will not accept the fiery arrows and darts of the evil one. These lies that attempt to come at my heart and tell me that I'm not a child of God. These arrows that tell me that these debased thoughts that I receive are mine and they form my identity. But instead, recognising that these fiery arrows are the advertisements of the kingdom of darkness saying, hey, look at this, think about this, be this. Warring on our minds. Yet what we know is that as our minds are renewed by the word of God and the spirit of God in us, that we're no longer slaves to darkness and we walk in the light. We are free to walk away from those thoughts. They're not ours and into freedom. And so we stand with the shield of faith, recognising the provision of God in Christ, being fully persuaded that what Christ has done is done. We are seated in the heavenly realms. We are legally bound to Christ and found in him. And therefore we can stand. And the fiery arrows of Satan, who chooses to manipulate our thinking and try and affect what we believe, will not stand but be extinguished. Lord God, I ask that you come and do a work in us as your people. Lord, you provide the gift of faith. And so I ask you to increase our persuasion. Let us be a people completely persuaded by you. Completely persuaded by your goodness, by your character, by your kindness, by the gospel, by the work of Christ on the cross, by the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. Come and persuade us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you enable us to extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one who seeks to destroy who throws in lies, who throws in conjectures and what ifs, that seeks to reduce our hope, that seeks to cause us to be in despair. But instead, Lord God, we know your spirit in us produces hope. So Lord God, give us the discernment that we know what is of you and what is not. Amen. Paul goes on and talks about the helmet of salvation, this protector of our thinking. We've alluded to it already, this complete understanding. My mind is protected by this understanding that I am saved, not by works, not by anything else, but is a gift of grace that through faith I receive Christ. And so therefore, whatever enters my mind has to bounce off this idea of I am in the salvation of Christ first and foremost. For whatever comes at my mind must pass through the identity of one who is now saved in Christ. That's the first barrier. You've got to get through my salvation in Christ before you can attack my mind. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would understand your work on the cross, the fullness and completeness of it. And I pray you frame our identity absolutely in it. That above all else, we are saved. That your death there accounts for everything. This world-changing event accounts for absolutely everything. And any thought that passes into our mind must pass through through this barrier of the salvation within which we stand. Come, Lord God. Come and do immeasurably more we can ask or imagine. Renew our minds. Help us comprehend. Amen. And now we come to the Sword, the, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, the Rema Word of God. This is the spoken Word of God, the breathed Word of God happening in the moment. And it can also be the breathed Word of God as Holy Spirit inspires the Word as we read it and as we go through it. And so it's both the Logos inspired by Holy Spirit and also the Spirit-induced Rema Word. So Paul says, look, listen, you've got the word. And of course, we've got more of it now since his time. But also what we've got is we've got the rema, the spirit-breathed word. And so I want you to be listening. I want you to be reading. I want you to be hearing what is God saying? What is he saying to you today? Allow the sword the spoken word, the logos-inspired spirit word, to be a weapon in your hand, the promises of God. Let them be your weapon. This is what the Lord says about me, that I'm his beloved child. This is who he says I am. I will not be in despair. I will not fear the evil one because I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. It's a great opportunity for fellowship, isn't it? As we share with one another and talk about how we journey in the battle. Paul goes on, praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. This is our warfare. He's already told us it's not against flesh and blood. He's asking us like the spirit of Jesus where it says in Isaiah 11, look beyond. Look beyond what's happening, the physical manifestation. Look beyond what's happening in the spiritual so that you may discern by the Spirit, not with your eye or ear, but Jesus discerns by the, the wisdom and the seven sevenfold Spirit of God. And he expresses very clearly, I want you to discern in the Spirit through prayer because it's there that you're praying into my will and it's there that you'll be effective. As I was praying this morning, I heard an aeroplane land at Stansted Airport. And that's quite a few miles away. But the wind direction brought the sound of that aeroplane landing to my ears in my garden. And I felt God say to me, that is exactly like when the church prays in the spiritual realm. Earlier in in Acts 19.20, we have the record of what's going on in Ephesus when Paul goes there for the first time. And he makes it very clear that there's a spiritual battle going on because people start burning their witchcraft books. Paul starts to have his rags and bits of clothing taken and people being healed. But the sons of Siva think they can go and do an exorcism. And what happens? The demon-possessed man says, well, I recognise Paul. I recognise the name of Jesus, but I don't recognise you boys. And so these guys get beaten up and they flee the house half naked. And so what's going on in Ephesus is a real spiritual dynamic. And Paul writes to the church later on and he says, look, listen, you remember what happened when I was there with you? This is how I want you to fight. It's not against flesh and blood it's about your identity in Christ. It's about who you are in him, what he's done for you, recognising, and remembering that identity. And then by prayer and by the word of God, by the spoken word of God, I want you to see victory. I want you to extend the kingdom of God on this earth. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are more than able to answer. That where elsewhere it says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. We recognise that righteousness comes through Christ. And so we stand as a community today in prayer before you, Father, saying, let us by your spirit understand your will and pray into it. And see your kingdom come, your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Extend your kingdom as your people pray for the glory of your son. Amen.